The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. This is Denise Salcedo with the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer, on the Busted Open podcast. We react to the huge announcement that Nick Aldis made to determine Roman Reigns' next challenger between AJ Styles, LA Knight, and Randy Orton. And we speak with Dr. Jeremy Housewright on the many stories he gathered from pro wrestling fans around the world. All of that coming up on the Busted Open podcast. Tommy Dreamer, this was a very, very fun episode of SmackDown, as we mentioned earlier. And part of what made the show was the fact that you had AJ Styles, Allie Knight, and Randy Orton all basically putting out their claims as to why they should be the ones go, uh, having this match with Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. It kicked off with a promo. We saw all three guys kind of go at it, which you just heard LA Knight. He brought up a really damn good point. He really is the only guy that hasn't been completely taken out by the bloodline. But of course, what we end up seeing is Nick Aldis coming out and really handling this situation because he says, all right, you guys all want Roman Reigns? Well, I'll tell you what in two weeks when we have the smackdown new year's revolution we are going to be seeing a match between all three guys and the winner of that match will go on to face roman reigns at the royal rumble later on in the night following solo sokoa and aj styles that basically ended in a dq because roman reigns came out and attacked aj styles and what we saw here was randy orton and la knight kind of helping out aj styles because aj styles was outnumbered by uh the bloodline and aj styles did not like having their help and we end up closing out the entire show with all those three guys kind of fighting amongst themselves so how'd you feel about uh the entire main event scene that we got last night on smackdown uh again i loved it number one we went back in history wrestling fans are the most unique fans in any industry and trust me because they they remember they tell you things that happened to me in my career that I had even forgotten about or people that I've wrestled that I've forgotten about and going back to remember those strict details. Um, if you ever look in movie theater, um, when movies come out of about something that fans are very passionate for and they just gloss over certain things or they try to make it different. If it was from a comic book to a movie or a book to a movie, 
those fans are very, very passionate about that, but nothing like wrestling fans. So they went back and they told us the story of the why. Why are we all so motivated to go after this person? It's not only like, hey, we want to be the face of the, the company. Not only do we want to win the title, but we have a personal vendetta against this guy who's been on top for so, so long. The interaction with everybody seemed natural. Another thing that I really enjoyed was talking and walking, um, not waiting to do your entrance and having a microphone from the back. And when I tell you from experience, how many times there used to be a live mic sitting at a table where I would see one Paul Heyman grab it, or Paul would just walk out there and take the microphone from the ring announcer. Um, I've seen it in impact wrestling. I've also seen it in WWE where it was an impulse decision by the boss to go out there and say something. I think we see it on, uh, you know, I see it via social media of Tony Khan going out there, just impulsively wanting to thank people, talk to people, blah, blah, blah. Um, a lot of times I really, it, it's a lost thing of what did that person to say? I'm going to go confront them. Uh, and I felt like everyone was on their game. Another thing, star power. AJ Styles, former champion, one of the loudest pops and entrances of the Royal Rumble, which uh, I look forward to next year because that could be a topic that me and Dave could uh, talk about. Um, LA Knight, man, his star is shining. And I can't even say on the rise. It's just continuing to go forward. And then, of course, Randy Orton. Randy... Randy was so different in his promos. Also, like what he said, his home in WWE, that's, you know, it's not corny, it's truthful, but it's an instant, instant pop. But the way he said it was so, so great. And here's the other greatness about Randy Orton. You still never know when he's not going to turn on you. You never know when you're going to get that RKO. There were so many different times. I was like, he's going to do it here. He's going to do it here. That whole interaction, again, promo-wise, was phenomenal. And then we get to the main event. Like I said, Solo and AJ, excellent main event. Here comes Roman to ruin the party, which is great because he's uh, like the Grinch, uh, which he should have debuted a new uh, outfit, a green Christmas limited uh, suit jacket just for the holidays. Um, ruins the party, and then we have everyone filtered in. And then if you think about what happens is – the bloodline bails because you see the guys fighting amongst themselves. They're stirring up the pot. Roman's stirring up the pot with even, you know, watching it from the sidelines. Even the other things, like I said earlier, which I really enjoyed, was Roman sitting like he does, and he's like, bring me Nick Aldis. And then his confrontation with Nick Aldis, he's also talking about, hey, man, I know you're new around here, but you got to run everything around here by me. And such like heavy, heavy things that he's talking about when you are the, on top and when you are the champion. Trust me, when you got to deal with people like that, even though if you're on a creative end, hey, well, let's do this. And it's like, well, let me run it by the talent. Let me run it by our top guy. See what they like. And then... If you're very, very set on that, if there's an issue, you have to then deal with said issue. And if you two can't work together, then you got to go over the 
guy's head and you'd have to go to the boss. So, and who's that boss on television? Nick Aldis. So very, very interesting uh, dynamic. How it was all set up. So there's a lot of plot lines set in this. Are we going to see an AJ Styles heel turn? Everyone has a legit gripe to the air. If you watch Game of Thrones, everyone had every house had a had a gripe to why they should be on top. So, and that was a very, very popular television show because there was everyone wanted that land and to be the king. So very, very good stuff going in. And another thing that I enjoyed, I am a massive proponent of a legit draft of, hey, SmackDown Raw, complete split all year long. I feel we should see them back uh, together. And when you have uh, the biggest reason why a lot of times when the draft wasn't working was just because they didn't have enough top talent to, you know, draw at live events. The industry has changed. Live event business isn't what's driving your business model, though your live events are doing great. But if you look at it, I always talk about the star power and the baby face star power. We could always talk about on the raw side, but now I'm looking on SmackDown. I'm like, oof, they got Randy. They got LA Knight. They got AJ Styles, though I think he's going to, I felt a great move for him. It would be to turn heel. They also have Kevin Owens. They have a lot of people on that babyface side. On on the Raw side, you have CM Punk, you have Cody Rhodes, you have Seth Rollins. There's so many different ways you could go about when you're mixing cards together. Because like I always say, there's almost so much real estate on a two-hour show or a three-hour show where you have to do. And then you go to the women's division. Um, SmackDown did a great job representing everybody, like we said earlier. But this specific segment, Really, really showed what, man, 2024 is going to be even bigger than 2023. And that's a massive statement to to make. But I, I look at it's chess and I look at all my pieces and I'm like, God, if everyone stays healthy, what a year we're going to have. I really hope so. And I think that key word is stay healthy. And if that goes all well, we're going to have a great year because these, these are just a couple of guys. Like we haven't even touched on like what they got cooking over on Monday Night Raw. Like this is literally just a SmackDown title picture. And within that, it, it, it's it's pretty damn entertaining. And so you brought up like some really great points on all of this. And of course, all of these guys coming out here and staking their claim as to why they should face Roman Reigns. So with that being said, Said that triple threat match for you, Tommy, is there a clear outcome you're hoping to see, or is there any sort of way that you think we're going to be getting a fatal four way or like, what do you think is actually going to play out at Royal rumble? Pretty, uh, sitting back and listening to you talk before you say it. And I don't know, maybe you want to go cleanse your brain because we're starting to think alike. Cause right after that, I was going to ask you what, who you wanted to see when, <laughs> yeah. Run, run, Denise. You don't want to start thinking like this person here or Dave. Um, <laughs> I like, think... what happened to you, Denise? I came to bust it open and I don't know. They took my brain out. No, just kidding. No, but it's true, though. That's what you, you're wondering. Like, what the heck is going to happen here, though? Money-wise, for the, for the Royal Rumble match alone, I go Roman Randy. I love, 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 uh, though... I can see it happen somehow. L.A. Knight versus Logan Paul, which uh, you had put out there. And we got to see where A.J. Styles fits into all of this. Um, 
I think AJ turning heel would be good. So then I could do uh, another version of AJ LA Knight maybe in the Rumble and have some interaction there. Uh, so I would do Randy versus Roman at the Royal Rumble and then continue where who's Roman going to face. Because, I mean, technically you got to get through only really one match. I don't think they'll have the world title defended at uh, Elimination Chamber, which is usually squeezed in between the two. So uh, that would be my my choice. I feel like if I'm going to pick for a one-on-one match, anybody against Roman Reigns, it's definitely going to be Randy Orton. So I do agree with you because I feel like, well, one, I already know it's not going to be LA Knight because we already did that. And of course, AJ Styles is another option, but I just feel that the way that all of this has started, it felt very clear that it was going to be Randy Orton. But after last night, though, I felt like all of these three guys like really did a great job at making me go, damn, they all deserve to be in this matchup, right? So then I was wondering, like, I wonder if they're going to, I don't know, some shenanigans, something's going to happen where we don't get a clear winner. And the next thing you know, Nick Aldis comes out and it's like, you know what? We're going to do a fatal four-way at the Royal Rumble so I can see that happening. And if it's not a fatal four-way and it's just Roman and Randy Orton, then I do think they will do, like you said, AJ Styles and uh, LA Knight at the Royal Rumble. And you mentioned LA Knight and Logan Paul. That was something that I definitely wanted. I know a lot of people wanted that too. I'm kind of feeling a little further from that happening right now, uh, only because I feel like they're really going to take their time right now with the Kevin Owens Logan Paul story and I don't know if Logan Paul is going to successfully defeat Kevin Owens and retain the United States Championship once they actually get to that and so for that reason I'm kind of feeling a little further from that happening although I hope that is what does happen uh I don't know I'm feeling a little bit less uh, confident that they're actually going to do it really uh, yeah and it bums me out because that's definitely something I want to see why do you just because of the how they're going with Kevin. Yeah, I just change? I have a feeling they're going a different direction. And if they do do Logan Paul and LA Knight, it almost feels like there's not going to be the United States Championship involved, which I would hope that it is, because I just don't know if Logan Paul is going to defeat Kevin Owens. Maybe he is. And if he and if he does defeat Kevin Owens, then I'll feel better about this opportunity between Logan Paul and uh LA Knight. Well, I think I, I look at it, um, and I did. I love when you had suggested that match. Really, really opened up um, my eyes and ears to God. That would be so, so good, um, especially on the biggest stage. But, I mean, the Royal Rumble's at a big, big stage. Oh, yeah. Too. It, so I do feel that if, you know, somehow, some way, he's able to defeat Kevin Owens, it's not going to hurt Kevin Owens. And then from there... Uh, you know, let's go where, hey, I just beat this guy from where do we go from here? And from here it could go to LA Knight because of the popularity. And plus, I mean, the verbal battles that those two guys would have, I feel LA Knight would have the people so behind him would just really, really take him to the next level. And a great LA Knight moment holding up that title at a WrestleMania um, with, you know, defeating Logan Paul because I've Pretty sure Logan Paul may be undefeated at WrestleMania. I'd have to go back and check that. But uh, he's always had these really, really stellar matches uh, on the main stage. He, he's a hell of an athlete, Logan Paul. So 
I like the scenario that you pointed out, by the way, because if we do get this situation where we end up seeing Kevin Owens and Logan Paul at the Royal Rumble, because yeah, Kevin Owens, if he did lose to Logan Paul, he wouldn't technically lose anything, right? I mean, obviously, the not becoming United States champion, he would lose out on that. But like, in terms of losing, losing, uh, he probably he definitely wouldn't, right? Kevin Owens is a made man. And so that is the scenario where I could see that happening and leading to Logan Paul LA Knight at WrestleMania. So you know what? You gave me hope again, Tommy, because <laughs> I was losing hope and that actually happening. And I feel like that's something that they can't leave on the table. Like it is such an easy, you said it, the, the, the promos it is such an easy story to tell. And it's also such an easy thing for people to automatically be interested in where people are going to be like, yeah, yeah, like I want to see what's going to happen between these two guys. So I hope that they do not just like toss that aside and never do it. So I do hope that we end up seeing that. Um, we mentioned earlier the AJ Styles portion of this with the OC because it's looking like they are going to be no more. And we kind of saw a backstage interaction where they said that they hadn't heard from AJ Styles. Meacham gives him a hug and he kind of takes her arms off of him. Uh, dang, that was kind of savage. <laughs> you know, those are his friends. He don't give a damn no more. Um, this was good stuff, though. How, how are you feeling about this? I agree that is good stuff. I personally would keep them involved. I know we saw versions of it, but I mean, the OC against, you know, Roman solo uh uso paul Heyman in one corner me chin in another corner i mean we could do some interesting stuff right then and there um if aj is gonna turn heel doesn't mean that gallows and uh anderson don't have to follow uh in the sense of it it could be a fresh coat of paint on those guys who really haven't been doing a whole heck of a lot uh ever since you know, AJ disappeared. I mean, I know they work a few live events. They've been on some televisions, but those are two very, very talented individuals. Me Chin has found her niche uh, working with the, the ladies, um, and she's a super-duper talented uh, individual. I, I'd love to see more out of her. I don't think she needs the group, but if I'm her, I'm done, and I'm going after my you know, own personal goals, but those three guys could be a force as well. I mean, they have been a legit money-making dominant force in Japan, uh, did really, really good when, you know, they were a force and why not get the band back together, even if it's on the evil side for 2024. I don't know. There's a lot of dips and swerves you can, which, hey, if you give us more dips and swerve and invest more time in your talent and their storylines, they're going to get us emotionally vested in. So what, I mean, honestly, what if um, AJ starts hanging out with, you know, another group, you know, there, there's so many other ways. If you're going to go uh, AJ, he's just going to be a baby face. Then you have Bobby Lashley on the other side. He has um, uh, his two guys with him. Hey, well, I got two friends too. There's a whole lot of different places you can go. So you mentioned something pivotal there, and that is, okay, if this group disbands, I don't think Meechin is going to be, be left there to worry, right? She's going to have her own thing to kind of go out and do. I do worry if AJ separates from the OC because I feel like you just said it, like we have not seen them 
without AJ Styles, obviously I'm just speaking WWE, but when he's not there, they tend to kind of forget about him and then like not do anything. And so that's the only thing that's got me worried where I'm like, okay, if they break up, like, are we ever going to see them again on this show? Uh, That's my concern there. I would prefer for them to stay together. And like you said, be the evil version. Uh, I think that would make things a lot cooler. And it would be like, you know, AJ Styles has got his guys. You still have a group there. Uh, If Meechan kind of quietly just went off and did her own thing. Great. If she stayed in the group, great. But I do worry about the OC not being attached to AJ Styles. It's an excellent worry. Look what happened with the LWO. Rey Mysterio goes down. Yes, there was a, a but I felt that got sped up, uh, that split. And then where are the two other members of the LWO? Kind of just gone. And not really like storyline wise gone. If you think about like what I said, storyline wise and connecting the dots from the past, I understand that it's Roman Reigns and it's your top act, but he took out all those guys. I mean, hell, you could even mention, you know, storyline wise, he took out Matt Riddle. So there's all these different things that you can do to instead of, well, you just lost and now you're gone away and you're in. Uh, creative purgatory. You don't know. We don't know where we're going to go with you because you're so it's being typecast in a role. If you're in Hollywood, well, you can only play this role. No, I can't. How do I break out? How do I get out of that? Selena Vega, fine. Me Chin, fine. But the other people, not so much. So you need to find something with them or invest in them where, Hey, this is going to happen. Something, something, but then guess what? You're all back together and you're all evil. Hi, everybody. Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports. NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite. Drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 Eastern on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Channel 82, or anytime on the SXM app. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. He is the author of For the Love of the Show. Pro wrestling fans tell their stories. Wrestling fans share their stories. Dr. Jeremy Housewright. Dr. Jeremy Housewright, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Uh, Interesting topic that you wrote about, kind of goes with, and we're getting a lot of uh, positive feedback for our our master's class. That's uh, Apparently, it has dropped uh, for the matches that made us 
Um, first off, I got to ask you, uh, I know Dr. Jerry Graham. I know Dr. Tom Pritchard. I know the doctor of thugonomics, John Cena. So what are you a doctor of? Educational leadership. What does that mean? So basically, uh, in 2019, I went and I finished my dissertation for that. And uh, it essentially means that I could be a superintendent of a school district. That's what Tommy Dreamer's dad was. So that's uh, awesome. very, very cool. Uh, okay. So then you have the credentials to write a book. I get it. So you're a doctor. Uh, tell me why you uh, thought this. I just wanted to make sure, like, you know, I wanted to ask you, like, if you were a dentist, like Dr. Brick Baker <laughs> or something like that. I want I want I'm trying to give you more business if you had a, a, Absolutely. a practice Absolutely. like that. Um, okay. So what made you want to write this book? I, excellent topic. So I started traveling to different shows all over the United States about five years ago, um, doing some photography work with WWE and such, and just getting to meet a bunch of different fans. And I've, you know, built lifelong friendships with five or six of these guys. And we talk daily through text uh, about the wrestling, you know, different WWE and AEW shows that we watch and we usually get together once or twice a year at, you know, WrestleMania or SummerSlam, wherever that may be. And uh, so I thought, you know, it's kind of a cool story. And I tell my story about how I grew up a wrestling fan. My grandfather taking me to WWF shows here in St. Louis when I was a little kid, six, seven years old. And uh, so I thought, you know, my story is kind of interesting how I just met all these really different people. Um, so I just started searching for people with uh, inspiring stories to tell about how wrestling has made a positive impact upon their lives. Well, I love it. Trust me. Um, I, I've said this before. My my journey in, in this business, ECW, was all about ECW 24-7. WWE, then it's chasing this dream of, you know, hey, making it in WWE. And then when I left, uh, you don't really appreciate because you're always chasing something, but then other people, especially on indies told me what either myself or what ECW or wrestling has meant to them. And, and I have, I mean, I know what it me has meant to me um, for my whole life. This is all I've ever wanted to do, but it, it's just amazing how there's, you know, parallel universes. If I didn't see this, then this didn't happen, but it, it's cool that you, you put it all to a book because Hey, we all have the same story, but it's a different type of story. Right. Uh, if I could ask you, without giving a spoiler to your book, because I'm going to purchase it, uh, number one, what was your first match you ever saw? Oof. So it would have been 1987. I still have the ticket stub, by the way, at the Keel awesome. Opera House here in St. Louis. Uh, the main event was, I believe it was Hulk Hogan and Ted DiBiase. That is amazing. Million Dollar Man, 87. Yeah. What a friggin' year for pro wrestling. So, Jeremy, the book, I seen what it was all about, all the stories and everything. Yeah. Uh, for you, what was, like, the reason that you started and, like, fell in love with pro wrestling? Like, what was the thing that really kept you going? How did it cause a positive impact in your life? I think as a kid, just spending that time with my grandfather, um, he was not a big wrestling fan but he enjoyed spending time with me so he would take me every time wwf came to town and we would sit up in the nosebleed seats and we would just laugh and i was a huge hulk hogan fan as a kid that was my guy and uh I, in the book i talk a little bit about when he uh had a match against king kong bundy 
on Saturday night's main event, there was a spot where King Kong Bundy basically crushed his ribs. And I remember I went to bed that night crying because I, I remember I told my mom, I'm like, King Kong Bundy just killed Hulk Hogan. And, uh, you know, so it was just a way for me. And I, I tell people this all the time, and, and it's still the same today, a way for me to forget about all the problems in the world, the bills I might have, the the kids that drove me nuts at school, the upcoming meetings I don't want to attend. It's two or three hours, or sometimes at the pay-per-views, four or five hours, where I can just forget about everything and just en engulf myself into that show and just enjoy it. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because fandom. I saw when uh, King Kong Bundy splashed Andre and they broke his sternum. And I remember, and I still today, I, I just get grossed out when Andre would poke his sternum on an interview and I would just see like this big lump and I'd be like, oh, that's so disgusting. And I mean, I've had so many, I cracked my sternum and I cracked my sternum with my own knee because I got suplexed from the stage and my own knee cracked my own sternum and it hurt to breathe. And unfortunately you gotta, you know, feel pain all the time because I have to breathe and it hurt to breathe. Yet I, I cracked my own sternum. I could care less, but then I was like, just like Andre brother, I cracked my sternum. I did it to myself, but yet if I go back and watch that Andre interview, I'm like, uh, so gross <laughs> because like you said, it's a childhood memory that stuck with you for so, so long. And I, and I do, I said it earlier, Wrestling fans are the best because of what we remember. Yes. And uh, I'm happy. Did you have a specific when you're interviewing these people where it really was like, wow, this is this is the story. Like, yeah, and I don't want you to give it away. But like, you know, this is the story. Like, this is why I'm writing this book. So honestly, with each person that I picked, there was a connection that I felt with them, um, whether it be Kurt Gannon, who is an indie wrestler from Kansas City. Um, just his drive to make it onto a you know bigger promotion or whether it be friend of the show Izzy I, I cover her in the book uh, just her wanting to be a pro wrestler and not giving up on her dream and overcoming any negative negativity that might come her way via social media or whatever um, or you know Derek uh, the Derek Baker the uh, young man I interviewed who uh, has 3 million followers on TikTok. He is just, he's the biggest wrestling fan I've ever met. And there was an instance where I was talking to him and actually the clips on YouTube where he's behind the uh, stage in an AEW show here in St. Louis. And this is back when CM Punk was still there with Cody. And uh, CM Punk walks up to him and introduces himself backstage. And Derek immediately grabs him and hugs him and says, you're my hero. And CM Punk goes, no, man, he goes, you're my hero. And uh, that just touched me, man, because I've worked with CM Punk probably three times interviewing him here and there for different things. And he's always been great. But to see a, a, a person, another person, just have that connection to a to a professional wrestler, somebody that they looked up to. Um, and that made Derek's day, you know, getting to meet Punk and Cody. And they were so kind to him. And it just made me love the profession even more. And it made me realize how important it is to some of these fans. Uh, a man who has a doctorate in education. Um, you're walking around with your high educated friends. You're carrying your felt pens with uh, feathers and inkwells walking around. How do these high 
educated people feel about pro wrestling? Do they look down upon you like, excuse me, sir, uh, <laughs> what are you talking about, you intellectual chimpanzee? You know, that's that's a good question. And I'll be honest, I when I go to like conferences and when I have to, you know, because I was an assistant principal to school at one time and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of tattoos and such. And so that is a concern sometimes that people won't take me seriously. They, they, you know, though I'm a huge wrestling fan and such, but I think once they get to talk to me and they realize how well-versed I am in education and other things and sports in general, I was a sports writer by trade before. Um, I think they just kind of, they're like, ah, he likes wrestling. So what? You know, it's just like women who like soap operas. It's it's no different in, in my eyes. Interesting. By the way, I went to a St. Louis Blues game this year. Uh, uh, had to check that off my uh, list. And I think the cards need to do a lot of improvement for yeah. uh, next year. Just saying. Yes. Well, I'm a Chiefs fan, so yeah, that's my team. Uh, Jeremy, walk us through your process of writing this book. How sure. long did it take for you to write it? How long did it take for you to find the subjects to get it published? Like, what was that whole journey like? So the publishing part, I did all on my own. Um, I had talked to a publisher and the financial uh, part of it was just too much. And being that I've been in the media here for 20 years now, I'm like, I have enough people I could call, make some phone calls, get people to help me out. So that wasn't really a concern. The it took me probably about a year and a half to do the entire book. Um, I started out writing my portion. And after I finished that, I knew of a couple of people I wanted to talk to. For instance, Kyle Scarborough, who's a tattoo artist uh, in Missouri. He actually designed the Fiend mask for Bray Wyatt. So uh, the website that I am an editor for, I actually did a news article on him when the Fiend first uh, came out. And uh, that was kind of a big deal back then. So I, I did the article on him and I just kind of let it sit. I didn't even think about including it in the book at the time. And uh, after I interviewed John Gray, who is a, a ref for GCW, and uh, then I interviewed Justin Deming, who has the uh, replica winged uh, title belt tattooed around his waist. Um, I thought, you know what, Kyle's story would make a great addition. So I updated it, put it in. And then I was literally sitting down here talking to some friends one day and we got the news that Bray had passed. And that really lit a fire under my rear end to get this book done. And so I reached out to Kyle. He was kind enough to share a text message chain that him and Bray had back and forth the night that Bray debuted as The Fiend and uh, shared a photo of him and Bray together when Bray went to get tattooed by him. And uh, so that was kind of tough for me to write because I was a big Bray fan myself. And, uh, you know, that kind of hit me hard having to talk to him about that. So that took a little while to put together. But once I got interviewing uh, people, the main thing was just scheduling, trying to meet with everyone because I wanted to either meet face to face or do it on Zoom where I could record everything. And that way, you know, I could give exact accounts of what they were saying. But also one of the things for me was really watching them and, and kind of keeping their emotions in my mind so I could put that in the book, how they were acting at the time and, you know, watching their face expressions and things like that. So, yeah, it took me about a year and a half. Um, and I've honestly, the writing part for me was easy. 
um, being, being a writer by trade, I was able to sit down and pound out stories, 20 pages in a day, uh, each time I wrote about a person. And so it, that part went quick. The, the hardest part for me was the editing and the format process for the book. That took me a little while because I'd never done that before, uh, formatting a book. So that was a new part of it. So, uh, but yeah, about a year and a half. Uh, very, very cool here. I'm just going to share this with you. The only special people get to see us. This is my book of every nice. match I've ever had in ECW and WWE. Uh, I put it back in the vault just for you as an author, a scholar, and a gentleman. Um, again, for me, for me and what I've seen and, you know, John Cena, I've seen the power of pro wrestling when people meet John Cena. I, I've yeah. seen it firsthand where I've also seen grown tough men like start to shake when they met. I, I know and I shared this from uh, on uh, several platforms, but also on the the men that made us. Like when I first met Dusty Rhodes, I'm Tommy Dreamer in my prime. And I was like, oh my God, that's Dusty Rhodes. But then I had to like, hey man, you're cool. But then like, I just turned to him and I told him what he meant to me. And mm -hmm. we clicked like that. But I mean, also like I, I've, I've told this story before. I, I've had people come up to me like, hey, I was going to kill myself. And I saw what happened to you and I literally blew off my suicide to see what happened to you next week. And then I realized I cared about something and I'm still here today. Or, you know, our very own Dr. Chris Brown went through chemo listening to this show and it helped him in his recovery or, or people like, hey, I'm cancer free. I'm going out. During the pandemic, when we were all straight up scared, confused, yeah. did not know what to do, this show carried on. Dave LaGreca and I would be on the air recording for at 6 a.m., so the show aired at 9. Mm -hmm. And because we didn't know what to do, but then we all like rallied together because what we're, we're a bunch of wrestling fans that are scared. And, and like I also say, the the wrestling business will always move forward. But think about these uncertain times. The only thing that's new content was wrestling and right. how we adapted and continued because for what? For passion. I mean, dude, right. I would drive 15 hours scared. I'd be reading signs. You're supposed to not be on the road right now unless it's emergency. And I'm like, okay, do I say I got to get pulled over? I'm like, hi, sir. I have to go and wrestle. Then getting letters from the government saying that I'm performing a specific task to entertain people so they could have entertainment during these crazy times. I mean, it's unreal to think about it. Or if you are a wrestler and you get to see your body of work when you go to other countries as well, right. and like floods and, uh, you know, people where they never thought they'd be able to see this thing called the WWE or professional wrestling and, you know, they come out in hundreds of thousands of people at meet you and greet you at airports where you're like, what is this going on? So it's really, really cool that you uh, captured it. How can uh, we get the book? You can go to Amazon and order it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, I would recommend Amazon because I actually dropped the price for Christmas. So it's cheaper on Amazon right now to pick it up there. Um, but, you know, piggybacking off your story, that brings up a, a good point that I mentioned a little bit in the book. And it's kind of how I got the idea for the book years ago. And I just never started it till, you know, a year and a half ago.
but I was at WrestleMania 30 when The Undertaker lost a streak to Lesnar. And at, at the time, I was cheering because I was a Lesnar fan. And But I looked around as, as a journalist. I looked around, and I was looking at people just taking in their emotions. And grown men were sobbing. And that hit me. It's like, it's, it's like, you know, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago for the first time, I was sitting in my living room crying because I was so happy that finally in my lifetime I saw it happen. But I correlate that to the same thing because a lot of people don't realize what an impact that this profession has on the fans. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, impact wrestling debuts this thing, this video after bound for glory that the TNA relaunch. And I like to watch things in the crowd because I love that energy from the crowd. And when I saw people jumping up and down on the announcement and strangers hugging each other, mm -hmm. and I was like, really? Like for the announcement of TNA's coming back? And I worked in the company. And I'm like, it had some special attachment towards the fans because to be honest, like there was people within impact that were nervous about this and like yeah. we just we just did something really really cool because you felt it and you feeling energy is an amazing thing you know you go to a concert you go to a wrestling show it's a different type of energy and that's what uh is so so special how do we uh do you have any social medias yeah i'm on instagram under dr jeremy house right and then i'm on facebook uh under I think it's Dr. Jeremy House or JM House, right? So my students can't find me. Nice. Uh, now they will. But uh, and then uh, <laughs> I'm also on Instagram under uh, Dr. Jeremy House, right? So well, that's yeah. awesome, sir. Pleasure to meet you again. You said thank we took you a so picture much. And the busted open line back in the day. That's where I couldn't make the whole appearance. I had to show you how to go wrestle Carmelo Hayes that uh, right after that. So I made sure I took pictures with everybody. Uh, pretty cool. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.